Good evening and welcome to our Bible study. And if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to the book of Revelation. And I'm going to read a few verses from chapter 8. So Revelation chapter 8, starting to read at verse 1. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Another angel, who had a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. The smoke of the incense, together with the prayers of the saints, went up before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and held it on the earth. And there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. Shall we pray? Our Father, we just thank you again that we can come together, and we thank you that as we gather around your word that you have things to say to us, and we pray that our hearts will be open to these things, that we might understand what you have to say to us this evening. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, this evening what I thought I'd do is, I've titled this, uh, preamble to Revelation 8 verse 1 through to 13 and I thought that what we would do is to think about how John, John who was the youngest of the disciples but who is now an old man, how would he understand the things that Jesus is saying to him, the things that he hears and the things that he sees in his vision. We know that he's in the spirit so we know that it's the Lord who is speaking to him. In Revelation, the Lord tells him what the future will be, a future that is related to the present and the past. It was not the Lord's intention to confuse John, but it was to enlighten him and for John to trust in the Lord with the things that he didn't understand, but he would still relate them to us. You see, John's calling here is just like that of the Old Testament prophets. Therefore, we must be prepared to understand Revelation in the same way that John understood it. And like him, we will see, amongst other things, the sovereignty of God. First, I want us to see the sovereignty of God at work in the life of John. So we're first of all going to go to John chapter 21. I'm going to just look at verse 20 and 23. And this is when, this is after the, the, the resurrection, and Jesus has the disciples and he's speaking to them. He takes Peter aside and he asks Peter, or he tells Peter to feed his sheep. And he also, on that occasion, gave Peter an insight into how he would die. This is what we read. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and said, Lord, who is going to betray you? Now when Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Now because of this, the rumour spread among the believers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus didn't say that he wouldn't die. He only said, 
if I want him to remain alive until I return. What is that to you? Now, in this passage, we're told that God has a purpose for John. He doesn't say what that purpose is. He doesn't amplify that conversation he has with Peter. He just says, no, you need to follow me. But there's something special that John will have to do. You see, the purpose for John as part of writing the Gospels and the letters that he wrote, part of that purpose was for John to write the book of the Revelation, for John to receive this vision that he has while he's on the Isle of Patmos. This is, as I've mentioned already, when he's an old man. And how did the Lord prepare John? Well, let's go back to the beginning of John's Gospel. It's good to look in John's Gospel because this is who we're speaking about. And In John chapter 1, verse 40, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. So, Andrew and the other disciple of John the Baptist, they would have both had a good grasp of the Scriptures the other disciple was more than likely John. John, who never really mentions his name, he refers to himself, not by name, but as one of Jesus' other disciples. It would also appear that John was not only taught well by John the Baptist, but he also seemed to have come from a family that knew people in high places. So come with me and hear the accounts of Peter's denial as recorded for us by John. This is in John 18, verse 15 through to 16, and this is after again, or this is just at the point where Jesus has been arrested and he's in the process of being tried. Simon Peter and another disciple were following Jesus. Because this disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard. But Peter had to wait outside at the door. The other disciple, who was known to the high priest, came back, spoke to the servant girl on duty there, and brought Peter in. And they reckoned that this other disciple was John. He had connections, or his family had connections. When it says he went with Jesus, it didn't mean he went alongside him. He, with Peter followed after and then we come to john the gospel writer john's gospel is seen as being the most theological of the four gospels and yet it's been described by some as being like a pool shallow enough for a child to wade in yet deep enough for an elephant to, to swim in that's a good description, isn't it, of John's Gospel? And we have a little bit of this in the book of Revelation. You see, John knew how to relate to people. John, in his vision, has shown us in Revelation chapter 6, verse 1 through to 17, the seven seals. Verse 1 to 8, we had the four horsemen. The first, he comes to conquer the second, he comes to remove peace and bring persecution and oppression. The third, he comes to bring famine. The fourth comes with to kill with the sword. Now, this is their aim. But the power that they have is limited 
by God. So here we see the sovereignty of God. We've seen the sovereignty of God in John's life as he's prepared him for receiving this vision. And again here in this vision, we see time and time again the sovereignty of God. Verses 9 to 11 in chapter 6, we heard the cry from the altar, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? And the answer comes in verse 12 through to 17. There will be a final judgment. And in that answer, there's a hint that is given about what this final judgment will be like. When we came to chapter 7, verse 1, to three, Not only is the power of the horseman limited, but is delayed until God's people are sealed. And again, we see here the sovereignty of God. We see that God is in control of all these things. And in verse 4 to 8 of chapter 7, the question is, who are the sealed? Well, we said that those who are sealed by the blood of the Lamb, the true, uh, the true believer, they be they Jew or Gentile. They're sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit as they carry the seal of God's name on their lives, the seal of ownership, the seal of being servants of God, the seal of being the genuine article under God's protection. His protection is not always physical protection from the forces of evil, but it's always the protection that guarantees the safety of their salvation and their place with him in glory. And John has already witnessed this happening in his life as he's seen the lives of the apostles. This began under the new covenant. This was when Jesus died, when he rose from the dead and he took up his rightful place in glory. His church is sealed in preparation for God's day of grace. The gospel will be preached and the church will in fact face trials and tribulations and this will be before Jesus returns and God's final judgment will begin. I just want us to jump forward to Revelation chapter 22 and read a couple of verses there where we hear who the speaker is who is speaking to John in the vision. We hear of the promise to the faithful. And this is what we read. And this is verse 13 and 14 of Revelation 22. This is God speaking. I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. You see, John knows who is speaking. He knows who God is speaking to. And he knows how God speaks. God is speaking to his church in the book of Revelation in the style that he spoke to the prophets of old. Some of what he has to say is literal. Some of it is symbolic. And we've got to realize that not all the events here in Revelation are given to us in chronological order. Some events will be referred to more than once. But each time, either to clarify what's been said or to reveal more information about what has been said. The book of Revelation reminds us of the importance of things from the beginning and their relevance to the things that are to come. 
This means that many allusions to the Old Testament prophecies are important reminders to us that God is in control and that all these things are all part of God's plan and that the center of God's plan was, always has been and always will be Jesus. You see, John knows all this. John had been with Jesus as he, on many occasions, heard Jesus refer to the importance of the Old Testament prophecies, quoting them in his day and revealing the relevance of them to the people of his day and subsequently to us in our day. So before we move to Revelation chapter 8, I want us to consider what Jesus said to his disciples in, 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 when he walked the, the, the earth. And John was one of those disciples. So I want us to look just for a few moments this evening at John chapter 14 regarding the promise of the Holy Spirit and the work of the church. And I, I believe that these are some of the things that John heard Jesus say that would have helped him to understand what was being revealed to him in Revelation. John knew the scriptures. John knew what Jesus said. John records for us the things that Jesus said. And these things would all come to mind as he sees this vision in Revelation as Jesus continues to speak to him so that John can then speak to us. So, Let's spend a short time looking at these things together. I just want to look, first of all, at John 14, verse 15 through to 21. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to it and sort of stroll through it with me. And here in these verses, we have a call to love Jesus and to keep his commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth... The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. So in these verses, we're being told, and John is being told, that we live in a world that will not accept Jesus. Then the passage goes on. But you know him, for he lives in you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. So this is John being told that those who trust in Jesus will be sealed and protected by God. And then the passage goes on, Before long the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them, is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. So here, John, if he recalls these words of Jesus that he heard when he was a younger man, he now knows and still knows and has known through his life that God is his help. The world will be against him and us. But the spirit of truth will protect him. God will be with him and in him. He loves God and God loves him. And even though he's on the Isle of Patmos, imprisoned, he is 
aware of the fact that the Lord is with him. When we come to verse 22 and 24 of uh, this John chapter 14, Jesus here will make a distinction between those in the world who love him and those who don't love him. And this is the difference between those who believe and those who choose not to believe. So let's read on in John 14. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and he will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. So let's move on to verse 25 and 27 of John 14, and we have a, a confirmation that there will be trouble. All this I have spoken while with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Do you get that? I will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Remember those words as well as we go through Revelation. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I'm sure John remembered those words. So let's stay with John 14, verse 28 to 31. And all these things have a divine purpose. That's something we need to recognize as we go through the book of Revelation. This is what Jesus said to him. You heard me say, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you love me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the Prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me. But he comes now, listen to this. This is interesting, and I believe this is very relevant to us as we go through the book of Revelation. For the prince of the world is coming. He has no hold over me. But he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. There's a short summary of what John knew and what John now sees and, and how what he sees applies to us and how John would, would put these this vision together in a way that he understood most of it and that we too would understand most of it. But what do we know? The love of God will be seen in his universal church the deceiver will come in an attempt to deter people from the truth of the gospel. At times it will be hard, but judgment will come and you will see it. The world will see these things, thus putting the responsibility on those who choose not to believe. And the reality is that God is a loving God and God is a just God. 
now as we draw towards the end of uh, our time this evening as far as we know all the apostles were martyred for the sake of the gospel apart from John who was imprisoned in the days of the early church Stephen Paul and Antipas who we read about in Revelation who was from Pergamon were persecuted and killed by rulers of their day, such as the Emperor Nero. Here in Britain, men like Latimer, Ridley, Cranmer, and many others were killed and persecuted by the Crown and the governing bodies of their day. And in our day, Christians are still being killed and persecuted for the sake of the Gospel. When I was looking at these things, I thought of a, a hymn we used to sing a long time ago. It's called Kingdoms May Rise. Let me just share the words of that for you as we come to a close this evening. Kingdoms may rise, kingdoms may fall. Nations refuse to heed God's call. But the word of the Lord endures forevermore. Things that we love last for a day and in the morning fade away. But the word of the Lord endures forevermore. Take God at his promise. Put your trust in Christ. Trust him for salvation and eternal life. Kingdoms may rise. Kingdoms may fall. Nations refuse to heed God's call. But the word of the Lord endures forevermore. You know, we have all and will continue to see nations rise and fall. Nations will continue to refuse to heed God's call. And they continue to persecute his church. But judgment will come. And when the seventh seal is opened, John will see a vision of that day of judgment. Already we've seen that there are seven seals. We will see that there are seven trumpets and we'll see that there are seven bowls that's in the following chapters of which we'll depict God's judgment on earth both partial and then total with God's people sealed or protected from final judgment in Revelation 7 verse 9 through to 17 John has been shown in his vision those who will not suffer God's wrath. Maybe you can look back at those verses and see that passage, chapter 7, 9 to 17. Now, as we continue, we're going to hear about the administration of God's judgment on the world. So what we've done this evening is just had a preamble, or preamble, <laughs> into Revelation chapter 8. And we'll, we'll begin there next time. Let's just pray. Father, again, we thank you for this book of Revelation. We thank you for the time you've given us to be able to look into it and learn from it. And our Father, we pray that you will continue to open our hearts and open our eyes. But through it, we will not lose the fact of who you are. You are the one who is in control. You have final authority. 
And we thank you for Jesus, who we see from beginning to end, not just this book of Revelation, but in your word, the Bible. We ask these things in his precious name. Amen.